Thanks, Benjamin. Oh, good. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Merry Christmas. Good to see you all. Glad you could come today, especially those of you that are visiting. We want to welcome you especially. This evening, I'm going to be speaking on the Great Christmas Get Rich Scheme. The Great Christmas Get Rich Scheme. And you're like, okay, where's, where's he going with that? Have you ever noticed how people are always hoping to get rich? And I guess that's not necessarily all bad, right? I mean, why would it be a bad thing to want to get rich? A lot of people are like, hey, I, I, I just want to, I see all these needs in the world, and if I had some extra money, I would just lavish it and, and, and solve a lot of problems. Probably, if we were honest, most of us wouldn't mind being rich, but it's for the wrong selfish reasons. And I think that's what's so appealing about get-rich-quick schemes, right? Especially this idea that, man, I could, in one day, just completely turn things around. People are so gullible and foolish that they waste tons of time, money, and energy trying to get rich quick. And, you know, think about, in our culture, it's interesting, in our culture, a lot of, a lot of the things that we think about, a lot of movies and Shows and stuff have to do with riches. I mean, take some television shows. How about the Beverly Hillbillies, right? Here's poor old Jed, right? But one day he was shooting up some food, and up from the ground came a bubbling crude, and now Jed's rich with oil, that is, and so they moved to Beverly. And so, man, they, they hit it rich. And then how about the Jeffersons? They, they moved on up to the east side. I mean, everybody has this, this dream of getting rich. Even movies, I mean, how about Slumdog Millionaire? Remember that? I mean, here it is. You, you hit it big. So, so you think about this idea in our culture of, of getting rich. Songs are sung about it. Books are written about it. Think about how people flock to it. Like, here's a little football trivia. Fantasy fellas. 49ers. Know where that name came from? My wife taught me this, of all things. How about that? In 1849 was the great gold rush out towards the west, towards San Francisco. And so all these years that, that you've been watching the 49ers, that was based on a great rush of people hoping to get rich quick. And then think of, maybe some of you ever watched the show The Deadliest Catch. I mean, people do crazy stuff for money. They'll, they'll, they're insane. They'll risk everything for an opportunity to get rich. And, and, and we haven't even gone here yet. How about all of the unspeakable things people will do to get rich. I mean, people who will drain grandmom's account, who will scam old people, who will, who will literally poison people, kill people, anything to get rich. What is it about this concept of, of getting rich? Well, tonight we want to talk about how Christmas was actually God's get-rich scheme. And he didn't come up with it last minute. Before he even created the world, he considered this get-rich scheme. And the text that we're going to look at tonight is in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Now, if you continue to attend with us, we read right through the Bible. We're studying the Gospel of St. John, because I want you to learn how to read the Bible. But tonight I want to read one verse, but I want to caution you about just reading one verse, and that is, 
People can pull verses out of their context and come up with whatever they want it to mean. So the Bible says, there is no God. People are like, the Bible says there's no God. But the whole verse says, the fool says there's no God. So I want to tell you a little bit about the background of this verse so that, that you see where it fits into God's get-rich scheme. The Apostle Paul was writing to a church that, that was in Corinth, which is near modern-day Greece. And it was a church of people who had heard about some really poor Christians in Jerusalem. And so when they heard about their plight, they said, look, we can take up a collection and give it to the poor. And so Paul was really excited. He's like, that's a great idea. Only a year went by, and they never took up the offering. Meanwhile, there was a, a town nearby called Macedonia, an area where the Macedonians were incredibly poor. But when they heard about the needs in Jerusalem, they gave a bunch of money. Paul says, way more than I imagined. How could they give money? They were poor. I didn't expect them to give anything. So he wrote to the Corinthians and he said, listen, you need to make do on your pledge. You need to, to come through on your promise to help these poor people. And then he said this, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. That's Christmas, and that's God's get-rich scheme, and that's what we're going to talk about for a few moments. Let me pray. Lord, as we consider this verse of Scripture... I pray that it will really cause people to think deeply and that as we think about Christmas, that our lives will be impacted deeply because of your get-rich scheme. May the Holy Spirit continue to build this church as we build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. May he work in our hearts tonight. We pray in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. So let's talk about this verse. The first thing I want to mention is, is a pretty simple but basic truth, and that is Jesus has always been unspeakably rich. I want you to think about this. So Jesus, the, according to the Bible, Jesus is everlasting. He didn't begin in a manger. So he existed eternally with the Father and with the Spirit. So here's this triune, eternal God. And sometimes we make the mistake of considering riches to be possessions. In other words, when we say, who's the richest guy in the world, man? How much money does he have? Does he have billions of dollars? We tend to think riches is limited to how much stuff we have. But I want you to remember this, that there was a time when there was nothing. When there were no material things. There was no creation. And God existed in and of himself. And as you go back before the world and the universe was created, do you, do you think to yourself, gosh, God was really poor. He didn't have, he didn't have two nickels. He, he was really down on his luck. No, of course not. Because in and of himself, Jesus and, and the entire triune God is unspeakably rich. Think about the reality that Jesus is fully satisfied, fully God awesome and glory and power, perfect, unending joy, sweet and ongoing communion with the Father and the Spirit, needing nothing, untouched by sin, no worries, 
nothing to fear, no confusion, knowing everything and having the power to do anything he determined. And yet the Bible says, you know the grace of Jesus that though he was rich, he became poor. So, so he creates this magnificent universe that we can't even begin to fathom the depths of it. And we say he owns everything. There's not, a, there's not a, an inch in the universe that, that doesn't belong to him. He's unspeakably rich. And yet, in his purpose to create man, we rebelled against him. And for reasons known only to God, the second thing I want to talk about is this. Jesus wants to make you rich. Jesus wants to make you You say, what? Now let me say this. I'm not Joel Osteen. I don't agree with Joel Osteen. And I'm going to explain because this is very important that you understand what this means. The Bible says Jesus became poor so that we might be rich. So you can mark this down. Pardon me for the pun. You could take this to the bank that Jesus wants to make you rich. But the type of riches that Jesus wants to enrich you with is not money. It's not stuff. It's not power. It's not fame. It's not influence. It's not cars. It's not toys for little girls and boys and big girls and boys it's not beautiful spouses the riches that jesus offers are far better than stuff jesus offers satisfaction that lasts i think you and i would agree we all know people that have a lot of stuff and, and if you turn on the television and you look west toward Hollywood, you go, how's that been working for them? And, and, and every day we find out who's divorced today, who's in rehab, who went off, who's ranting and raving about this and that, and we start going, hmm, maybe, maybe there's something going on here. Money can't buy what Jesus offers. So when the Bible says Jesus wants to make you rich, we're talking about rich with things like peace. You can't buy that. Peace in your soul. A clear conscience. A heart full of love. A forgiveness and a relationship with God. That's real life. One time, a guy comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, would you tell my brother he owes me my inheritance from the will? And you want to see people get ugly. You've been told where there's a will, there's a way. That's not what it really should be saying. Where there's a will, there's a bunch of greedy relatives. But Jesus looked at this guy. He said, he said listen, son, beware. A man's life does not consist of his possessions. The Bible actually says if you're wealthy, be generous because then you'll take hold of what is life indeed, real life. And some of you here, though you may have a lot of stuff, may be very impoverished in your spirit because you don't understand exactly what this rich is that Christ offers. I used to be so afraid to die. Now that I have Christ in my life, to not have that fear, that's wealth, that's riches. What would you trade that for? Jesus said, what good would it be? You gain the whole world, but you lose your soul. A heart full of freedom 
from selfishness and hatred and sin. This is what the Bible calls an abundant life. So Jesus has always been unspeakably rich, but he wants to make you rich. But that's where Christmas comes in. Because the third point I want to make is that Christmas is when Jesus made this journey. It's, it's his journey into poverty to make us rich. So here he is up in heaven, and he steps up off the eternal throne of God, and how silently he comes down, and he, and he, and he becomes a man, a God-man in the womb of Mary. The Bible says he became poor, and I want you to, I want you to try to wrap your mind a little bit around that idea of him becoming poor. Like, talk about emptying your checkbook, emptying your accounts. Think about some of the ways he became poor. First of all, he humbled himself, the Bible says, just by becoming a man, for God to limit himself into a human body, to sweat and cry and feel pain and have to walk instead of traveling, to, to in his humanity, limiting his knowledge, to have to learn growing up, to learn obedience, to, to feel temptations. And think about even when he came to earth, folks, if I was God and if you were God, we wouldn't be born in a manger. We'd have been born in a palace. But we just sang, why lies he in such mean estate? That's King James for saying, what in the world is the king of the universe doing in a box of straw? While ox and ass are lowing, Jesus became poor by taking on his humanity. He humbled himself. He limited himself by, by not using his deity for his own advantages. He allowed himself to experience temptations and rejections and poverty. But by far, none of them compare to the greatest way that he became rich or made, became poor was when he went to the cross. You talk about being hung upside down and emptying yourself of everything you got. The cross is where Jesus ultimately became poor. And it saddens me, but it's so true that millions of Americans, they can mouth these words, Jesus died for us, Jesus died on the cross, but they don't get it. And I, and I hope tonight that you'll understand that Christmas is all about Jesus becoming poor. He came to earth for that single reason that he would grow up as a sinless man and that he would go to the cross and die for our sins as a substitute to pay a debt that he didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. It was a spectacular display of God's love and wisdom because God loves people, but folks, God hates sin. He's not just granddad in the sky. He says, do whatever you want, kiddies. I love everybody. I'll never put anybody in hell. The Bible says he's a holy God and sin offends him. It offends him so much that the wages of sin is death, a place called the lake of fire that he's created as the awful but, but needed remedy for sin. And so here's God's dilemma. He loves people. Jesus loves people, but they're sinners. But God comes up with this outstanding display of love, the great Christmas get-rich scheme, much like in... In Shakespeare's play, remember when the poor sorry guy had to give a pound of flesh? But in their wisdom, they solved it. You could take a pound of flesh, but not a drop of blood. But ironically, it was quite different for Christ. In order to become poor, he shed all of his blood 
to die in our place on the cross. And so when you think of Jesus up there on that cross, think of him being punished for your sins. Think of him shedding his blood. Think of him saying, it is finished. What was he doing? He was becoming poor by, by emptying his account to pay the penalty of our sins. And this is why it's so sad that so many people don't understand this. They don't understand that, that that's how you get rich, through the death and resurrection of Christ. Not through penance, not through purgatory. You don't earn it. You, 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 don't, you don't go to, to, to a poor house and, and pull out your wallet and say, how much do I owe? You come bankrupt. So Christmas was his journey. You know the grace of Jesus. He became poor so that we could be rich. Now, a couple other points and we'll sing Silent Night and you'll go home with sugar plums dancing in your head. You and I need to realize that our sin has made us very poor. We're Americans. Most of us have plenty of stuff. You say, you talking to me? I'm not poor. Yeah, we're poor. Because sin, first of all, robs us of our peace. Sin disrupts our soul. Being apart from God makes us poor because it tears up our relationships. It's why people can't get along. This is why marriages fall apart. It's why people are estranged from, their estranged from their loved ones. Because of sin. It wounds our consciences. Sin makes us poor because it fills our lives with regrets. Some of you are, are, are looking in the rearview mirror going, if only I, 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 I was more careful. If I could go back and have a redo. It hardens us. Sin makes us poor because it hardens people. So many people are going around miserable, full of anger and bitterness and pride and fear. Sin has made us very poor. Sin deceives us with false illusions. Oh, if you just have this job or this beautiful spouse or this vacation, it deceives our children. If you just have this toy, your life will be great. Sin makes us very poor. It leads us to fear, anxiety, shame. Think of loneliness and how sin and death and loneliness have crept in. Emptiness. Sin makes us poor because it's empty. And sin makes us poor because it leads to hopelessness. How many people have no idea why they're here? No idea where they're going. No idea what the meaning of life is. And then they lose a loved one and they're hopeless. But you know the grace of the Lord Jesus. He became poor so we could be rich. That's what Christmas is all about. Can we put that verse up again? I just want us to look at it before we come to our, our final point. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake. That's why Christmas happened. He became poor. He went to the cross and rose again. So that you, through his poverty, might become rich. So before we look at my last point, simple question. How do I get rich? How do I download whatever Jesus has for me into my account? Well, look at this. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you get rich. So our last point is this. 
It's the grace of Jesus that makes you rich. First of all, you and I need to understand, what does that mean? It is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The very word grace is one of the most misunderstood terms in Christian faith. The word itself means undeserved favor. So you know the grace of Jesus. He didn't give you what you deserved. It's not what you deserve. You know what's sad? There are large branches of Christianity that teach that grace is something you earn. Grace is something that is infused to you and, 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 and either by the faith of someone else or, or by your own works, God gives you this grace. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says grace is a gift. By grace, you are saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, it's a gift, not of works. You can't get baptized and receive grace. You can't do penance and receive grace. You can't have someone else forgive your sins and receive grace. When I show up and I get a paycheck, if the boss says, here's your paycheck, I'll show you grace. That's not grace. You don't work for grace. You don't show up to Jesus and saying, I'm pretty good, but can, can you just spot me a couple bucks? No, you come for grace and you say, Lord, I get it. The cross is all about grace. When I say you don't understand grace, there are so many people. I didn't understand grace. I grew up knowing Jesus died on the cross, but still thinking, you have to be a good person. You have to do this and this and this. And then... I read the Bible and realized that God has offered me grace. And when I, when I realized that Jesus paid it all on the cross and that that's how I'm forgiven, not by works but by faith, he freely infuses that forgiving grace that I don't deserve. No wonder I couldn't stop singing. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. It, it saved a wretch like me. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And for many of you, my heart's desire is that you will understand grace. Give your soul no rest until you grasp what grace is. The Apostle Paul prayed in Colossians 1. He said, I thank God that you've become Christians. Now you understand the grace of God in truth. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And you search out this book, and you show me in the Bible where salvation where getting to heaven is anything other than a gift of grace. Challenge your friends. Challenge your religious leaders. Challenge your family. Show me in the Bible where it says we're saved by works, by good deeds, by effort. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus. He became poor so that you might be rich. So first of all, we have to understand grace. But then we have to appropriate it. We have to receive it. We have to believe that grace is what saves us. So let me try to illustrate it. In order for Jesus to make you rich, the first thing you and I need to do is admit we're poor. I have to do a spiritual assessment of my assets, and I have to claim bankruptcy. If you want to receive Christ's riches of peace and forgiveness and go to heaven and start a relationship with God, you have to humble yourself. Jesus said, blessed are the 
poor in spirit. It's when I come to this realization, I'm broke. There's nothing I can do to find God's favor. I've either ignored him or tried my best to earn his favor. And I have to come to realize that I'm broke. I have to claim chapter 11 and say, Lord Jesus, I cast myself on your mercy and I believe that you died for me. And the moment you do that, you are fully and freely forgiven. Jesus said he will give you eternal life and you will never perish. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't know if you're going to heaven. The Bible says these things have been written so that you might know that you have eternal life. The gospel is a message of truth. It's the only way. Jesus said it. I didn't say it. Jesus offers full and free forgiveness. There's room at the cross only for the humble, not for the proud, not for the self-righteous. Jesus said people that are sick need a doctor, not people who are healthy. He said, I didn't come to call self-righteous people. If you're comfortable and confident in your religion and if you're like, I'm a good enough person to get to heaven on my own, you're disqualified from the riches of Jesus and he will diss you at the gate. But if you come and you say, Lord Jesus, I believe. Lord Jesus, I, I, I take all of my religion and I throw it in the dumpster and I receive your grace. And maybe for some of you, you're like, you know what? I didn't even try being religious, frankly. I don't care. But tonight, God's speaking to your heart and saying, you, you should care because he loves you and he wants to make you rich. And if you don't receive this, you're going to miss out now and for eternity. So let me close with, with just a couple thoughts. Number one, if you're a Christian tonight, if you say, I know what they're talking about. I know what it means to be rich in Christ. I am so grateful. Then number one, let's remind ourselves to thank God for his indescribable gift. You know that guy, Jesus? He made me rich. He made me rich. I was a poor, sorry fella, but he made me rich. So we praise him tonight. We teach our kids to praise him. We thank God for his indescribable gift. But there's another way you can thank him. I want you to think about this. Boys and girls, your mom and dad are going to focus on thank you notes. Don't just write to grandma and say, thanks for the present. Don't know what it was, but it was probably underpants again. <laughs> but this time you're going to say, dear grandma, thank you for And you're going to thank her for something because you, re you remember what it was. Listen, moms and dads, you can write a thank you note too. It's called your life. The Bible says we can serve God with reverence and gratitude. The way that we live our lives, that's our thank you note to Jesus. When a man repents from his sinful ways, it's not trying to earn his way to heaven. It's saying, thank you, God. And if you believe that Jesus died for you and rose again, then the, the very simple but most important way to thank him is to live your life for him. Not to pay him back, not to earn his favor, but because you love him, because you're grateful. You don't want to keep on sinning and smack him in the face, say, hey, thanks for making me rich. Thanks for making me rich. Thanks for making me rich. We live a life of gratitude. Thank you, Lord, for Christmas, your get-rich scheme. Secondly, I want you to think about this. Some of you are having a hard time, and I get it. Some of you have lost loved ones. 
Some of you are having health problems. You're struggling in your marriage. You're struggling with your kids. But remember this, that as a Christian, you can hold your head high with confidence and say, I'm rich. I'm rich in Christ. Stop worrying about what you own and start praising God about who owns you. Because if you belong to Jesus, you're in good hands. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And if you have Christ in your life, you have everything you need for this life and the life to come. Third, a caution. Some of you are still on that rat race pursuing riches. And it's not going to last. Because there's going to come a time when you and I are going to lay in that sorry sick bed and the death reaper is looking down over our shoulder. Nobody at that day says, bring me my portfolio. Read to me how many houses I own. Tell me about my stuff. They look back and they say, my family. And my God. I'm, I'm going to meet God. And so if you've bought into this lie that more and more that's what's going to going to make it work for you. Why not say, I get it. I'm not going to live for earthly riches anymore. I'm going to be rich in Christ. I'm going to follow my Savior. And I'm going to live my life for him. Think about what real riches are. If you're a Christian, peace. You have peace with God. You're forgiven. Nothing can separate you from his love. He's coming back for us. I don't have to be afraid to die. I don't have to be enslaved to selfishness. I don't have to keep giving in to addictions and, and sinning over and over again. I'm rich. I have Christ. I can do all things through Christ. Two more things and we'll quit. As I thought about this, I thought, you know, Paul said something about his life that really struck me. If you ever read about the life of St. Paul, the Apostle Paul, that dude was poor. He said, I'm often hungry, I'm often without shelter, but he said this in 2 Corinthians 6, he goes, I'm poor, but I'm making many rich. Listen, how do you like to have a job making people rich? How'd you like to be the, the person that knocks on the door for the good housekeeping sweepstake. To see that person light up and say, man, I just made them rich. Listen, I got that job. Every day that I can open my mouth and preach my wonderful Savior's love and hold him high and say, Jesus loves you and he wants to make you rich, he wants to forgive your sins. You couldn't offer me anything to change that job. But guess what? You got that job too. If you're a Christian, you don't have to be a preacher to share the wealth of Christ. Jesus became poor to make us rich, and we can make others rich as we share Christ with them, as we pray for them, as, as we give ourselves to them, 
as we give ourselves to Christ and we pray and we say, God, work through me to make them rich. Use me, O oh Lord. Give me the joy of seeing others become rich. So I'll close with this thought. You're in the bank. God's behind the counter. You're in the line. It's your turn now. Next. And the Lord Jesus says, how can I help you? I'm good. I'm good. But wait. I can make you rich. No, no. Uh, I'll see you at Easter. But wait. If you don't let me make you rich, you'll die in your poverty. So tonight I want to challenge you to add up your assets and measure what matters. And humble yourself before God and say, Lord Jesus, my religion, I don't need it. Or I haven't thought a thing about you, Jesus, but now I do. Lord, I turn to you with all my heart and I receive you. Come into my life and make me rich. Forgive me of my sins and I'll follow you, Lord. I get it. You say, well, what if people laugh at me? They will. What if I lose friends? You will. What if you go to heaven? You will. What if you find the meaning of life? You will. Many of you came today because somebody invited you. When you go home today, they're going to ask you, because I'm going to tell them right now, they're going to ask you, what do you, you think of what he said from the Bible? Now, you, you, you can very comfortably just say to them, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, maybe another time. We can say, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Okay. Or I disagree. All right. But then they, can, can they ask you one more? Well, why? What? what? Do, do you not believe it? Do, do you... Do you have any good reason why you wouldn't want to become a follower of Christ, a believer in the living one who, who came to make you rich? And I trust that this will lead to some great conversations. And then some of you, you'll go, hey, are we allowed to come here every Sunday? Or we just have to wait till Easter? No, you, you, could, you could come back. You come back and say, can, can I start reading the Bible? Yeah. Can I... Can I Start a new life with Christ? Yeah. Can I get rich? Yeah. I pray to God that the Holy Spirit is opening your heart and you will say, yes, Lord. And if you're a Christian, praise the Lord. I want to get some people rich, don't you? So go out this week and make your family rich. Pray over them. Love them. Suffer. Do whatever you can to bring people to Christ. Let's pray. If you want to get rich with real riches, then right there in your seat, tell the Lord Jesus, Lord, you got me. I get it. Thank you for dying on the cross 
to make me rich. Thank you for dying to forgive me. I want to follow you, Lord. I believe in your grace. And I thank you. I thank you so much for your grace. It's undeserved. Thank you for becoming poor and dying and rising again. Change my heart. Forgive my sins. Teach me how to live a thank you note for you. Bring me back to church, dear Lord. Help me to be unashamed to follow you from this day forth. Help me to raise my children to follow Christ. And Father, I pray that if anyone has done that, that they will gladly tell their friends or loved ones. And for those of you who have questions, we'll be available afterward. And for those of you who have Christ, go home and celebrate your riches with your family. Father, thank you for that silent night many years ago when Christ became poor for us. In Jesus' name, 